Neptune on the 19th of May. Uh, we're a couple of days late, okay, well, a day late with this one, I guess, because uh, just kind of work schedules didn't really work out between the three of us. Uh, I am joined, as ever, by Tommy Bass. Hello. And with him, as always, is Garth. All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and our uh, latest addition to the podcast, Neil McCullough. Good How's evening. You? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. How are you guys doing this week? Have you been, you know, at the movies constantly, like getting all the, the lowdown, the intel, the scoops? Not been at the movies. I mean, I went... I've watched a couple of things, yeah. I watched Deadpool, and then I watched a couple of things on, like, Netflix you that I want to talk about. Shin Godzilla. I watched The Villainous, and I watched Shin Godzilla too. Was The Villainous only this week? It feels like you watched it ages ago. No, well... No, it was this week. Uh, the only thing other than Deadpool 2 that I watched uh, is season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. but I have no desire to speak of it. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, I, I uh, don't care about yep, it. Yep, that's fair play. Yep. <laughs> I think I have to give you that. It uh, kind of gets better in season 2 but not good enough that you'll want to watch it. I mean, like, I've, I've suffered, <laughs> again, like, it feels like every uh, episode we kind of devolve into my tolerance for shitty sci-fi, uh, but, like, this feels like watching Stargate Atlantis all over again. It's, like, it's so poor that you can almost see the, the writers uh, struggle <laughs> to form sentences. Um, but, yeah, that's all I'm going to leave it at. Like, uh, what do you guys want to start with? News or trailers? Well, let's start with the news. I mean, there isn't much news to talk about. Um, but I'll, we'll start off with some news. Uh, so, did you ever see the 1980s film Clue, or as it would be known here, yes. Cluedo? Yeah. I am a, I am a big fan of that film. I think it's brilliant. Like, see, I I, I don't know. I've just it's something. It's, a, it's one of those films that's always escaped me. But given the cast that's in it, have you seen it? No, I've not seen it. Right? Have you never seen it? Get it, get it watched. I've never seen Clue. I'll definitely watch it. Maybe. Yeah, get that watched. It's really yeah. good. There's a lot of really kind of funny moments in it. Well, uh, also, like if I remember right, when it got like a cinema release, they gave it three different endings. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was just your luck for what one yeah. you got. That's Although pretty, that's pretty good. when when it got released uh, for like video, uh, they just put all the endings on at the end, and it's they have a kind of and what if this happened type thing, uh, so you get all the multiple endings. Have you at least seen the second telegram scene? I've seen nothing. Right, that Nothing. single telegram scene gets that song gets stuck in my head from time to time. Mm. It's great. Well, uh, there's going to be a remake, um, and Un- it's going to be. Can anybody see unnecessary? It's going to be an R-rated <laughs> remake. Um, I I don't have an issue with it being remade. Well, it's going to be written by the writers of Deadpool, and uh, Ryan okay. Reynolds is set to star. And yeah. they've said it's not so much a remake; uh, they're just wanting to try and make it its own thing. Again, given the so, so they'll just change the story, but it's still the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've not seen it, but given the subject matter, I'm I get, you know it's a, a who done it game. You could yeah. go many directions yeah. with that. I have a question. Okay, is Tim Curry still alive? Yes, I think so. Is he? Um, he's he is. He was very ill for a long time. I know that. Yeah, was he not in a wheelchair for a while? Yeah. If he can manage it, I would like to see Tim Curry be in this remake. Actually, I think... Was nah, he not... I, got, um, I was about to say Gosling there, but Reynolds will be the, yeah. the Tim Curry. All right, who's Tim Curry? And is he the butler? He's the butler. Right. He's the butler. Yeah. yeah, so it's like Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, who else is it? Madeline Kahn, Leslie Ann Warren. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who plays Colonel Mustard. 
All right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a watch and I'll let you guys uh, know. But it's yeah. good. It's a it's a good piece of early eighties comedy. Hmm. I think it's like co-written by John Landis. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, that does, yeah, that doesn't seem out of place at all. No, well, I was going to say John Landis eighties is good. John Landis. Well, some of it is. It's, like, it's a really good Most studio picture, I've put it that way. Cool. Um, cool. I'll be watching that then. Um, also, um, there was a recent, uh, some recent Star Wars rumours that have been shot down. Uh, they were talking about how there's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi um, film, yeah. but the plot that was discussed, um, that's not happening. Ah. The, so the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is still <clears> a thing, just that isn't the plot? Yeah, the plot originally was going to be, I think, Obi-Wan. It was. It kind of sounded like a Western where there was a dispute amongst farm people and the sand people, and like Obi-Wan's there and he kind of is there to help. Um, it sounded like a Western, but that's I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that's the storyline of an issue of the current Star Wars comic book. Well, it's funny you mention that, Neil, because uh, it, it, it was... It was book canon, I think, so that the story already does exist. It might be that comic. Yeah, I'm sure that's I don't, don't recognise that as a story. Yeah. Okay, that, I, I stopped reading them like, uh, during the, what the fuck was it even called? The one where Han Solo's son becomes evil. Uh, Who, Ben? No, Ben, <laughs> that's, ben is the name of the... That's movie canon, movie. I know. Uh, his name's Jason in the books, and uh, he becomes a, a Sith Lord and kills Luke Skywalker's wife. Um, I stopped reading them around about that time. So, like, this was probably one of the ones that they've kind of reintroduced as, like, the new timeline since Abrams rebooted the movies and made all my uh, reading from college redundant. Uh, how many books of Star Wars could you say you've I've, read? I've spoken about this in the podcast before, quite recently, I would imagine. I think I read about 80 out of the 120 that were out at the time. Man, could anybody say Virgin? Uh, yeah so that was that was like that's been shot down but the Obi-Wan film is happening Um, I just actually see what I'm thinking about it I remember I'm sure those five people can get over it I happen to know some of them have girlfriends and wives and uh, boyfriends, so there you go. Like, I, I, it's making me think of like a really scathing criticism you gave of me, Neil, when we lived together on Buckley Street, when uh, you made a comment about how it, I've got that bookcase out as if I'm trying to impress people, but like <laughs> most of the books in it are Star Wars, so I'm just making myself look like a cretin. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not like War and Peace or Treasure Island or any of these classics, it's like, you know, fucking Star Wars. Fucking Vector Prime. Yeah. With like, a with a moon lands on Chewbacca. Yeah. Uh, it's like man, you imagine that. It's like you brought like a, a person back, a lassie back, it's like, ah, oh, do, do you like my books? I'll recite one of the <laughs> I'll recite one of the passages of this great novel that I'd fucking read and nobody else has. Hey, have you ever have you ever read the books of a Michael I can't remember his fucking name. Michael J. Stradinsky. No, no. He uh, he wrote I Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> the worst thing is that I I know a lot of some of these back kind of stories from, from these books and from the old canon and it's purely through osmosis I've yeah. never ever read any of them yet just through being a bit of a nerd yeah. you learn these things yeah. and it's rubbish some of them some of them were like genuinely entertaining 
but like other ones were crap. Like there was like I mean some of them are fucking dreadful. There was one called The Courtship of Princess Leo. Was it written by that guy you know, like the guy that wrote the novelization a- of Alien? Kevin J. No, that's Alan Dean Foster. Alan Dean Foster. <laughs> like, I, I have read many an Alan Dean Foster which is my life. They're always fucking terrible. <laughs> like he's Alvin. really bad. He's like that, man. Right. I've not I've not read any of them. The pack was like it's like yeah, the alien walked over there. Uh, it's like yeah, it's really like, yeah, basic, very much, unsurprising like, sentences. It's like Ripley looked at the cup. Ripley picked up the cup. Ripley drank from the cup. It's like fucking just go on like, with man, it. You could have that could have been one sentence. It's so bad. But hey, uh, Kevin Anderson I, does a lot of them as well, and he's also fucking terrible. Could have Hercules. Um, oh, he's fucking so bad, man. No, really shit. sorry, it's not Kevin Anderson. It's Kevin Sorbo. I think is Hercules. Is that right, Neil? Yeah, that's, that's Hercules. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. yeah, the Kevin Anderson ones. He does like a, a lot of books with a. Is it Brian Herbert, Frank Herbert's son? Brian Herbert in the yeah. Dune series, mm-hmm. and I refuse to read them because his uh, his contributions to Star Wars were so bad. Like despite the fact that I love June, I will not read the Brian and Kevin Anderson uh, I mean, collaborations. Why? I mean, because of their work in Star Wars, you're like because, I don't want because June. of Kevin Anderson's work. Yeah. I will not fucking read. Man. Did Anderson do the Throne trilogy? No, that was uh, Timothy Zahn. Uh, Timothy Zahn, who like is also like a total fucking like a shit tier sci fi writer, but like he at least knows how to keep you entertained mm. through the course of a book. Like he he also wrote like a book about. Like sentient black holes called Angel Mass, which was a quite interesting. That's right, ladies, we're all single. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not... I'm married to the Lord, mate. Sorry, yeah, you are. You are. You're married to the couch. I didn't realise you'd well, made yeah. your fist. <laughs> uh, no, I try. I remember trying to read June, and it was impossible. I could not fucking. Yeah, get it's past it's it. tough going, man. Really but like, it's going. really worth it. See everything you told me about it. Like I was like, right, so what? This happens the first one. You're like, yeah, and then the second one, this, and the third one. And I was like, fucking hell, this sounds really, really good. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's impossible. I can't fucking master all these terms and remember all this fucking shit. I'd be like. I could see myself like going back several pages, like, oh, what the fuck are they talking yeah. about there? You know, just because I, I couldn't uh, like, see, fathom yeah, a the, lot of the terms. But the, the, Villeneuve, I cannot fucking wait for his shit, man. That's going to be good. The, the more I think about it, like, God Emperor of June, which was the fourth book, like, the more I'm starting to think that's maybe my favourite book of all time. <laughs> of <laughs> like, all time? Yeah, it's really fucking good. Better it's like than the Lord of the Rings. It's like the Lord co- of the Rings. Like, I used to love the Lord of the Rings until, like, uh, I got it. I got well into rubbish. I got well into <laughs> atheism. Then all the fucking people are fucking mega spiritual and born with magic blood. All started to really great in me. <laughs> but you, you like Star Wars, yeah? But that's different. Anybody can become a Jedi. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, the, it's the not, Jedi's it's not a religion. Dictated. Yeah, but like it's, it's a religion in the same way Judaism is. All right, so I don't like nobody. Nobody, nobody pays attention. Like the old, like the prequel Jedi stuff is like all bullshit. That would be like terrible because it's like a total organized religion. Anyway. But like when Luke takes over, it's all just like fucking positive vibes. What are you talking about when he takes over? <laughs> takes over what? He's the one. In the prequel trilogy, the, the Jedi's are near enough a terror, terrorist organization. Yeah, that's what? true. Trilogy, the prequel, and the prequel right. trilogy. Yeah. If yeah. you look at it from a certain angle, absolutely. Yeah. Not they're only that, the baddies. Not only that, as for for very wise men, they're all fucking idiots. In it. <laughs> so yeah. much yeah. shit happens. Like you didn't see that Yoda, really? 
Yeah, they're also you, you all couldn't predict that. And amazingly shit at fighting. Well, even the fact that Palpatine, the way he becomes like the Sith Lord and in charge of everything, is so shit. How did they not fucking figure it out? It's like, yeah. mate, he's so obviously evil. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Unreal. Anyway, I don't, I don't know you if you two can see it on the camera. But I've been playing with this Oreo cookie for ages because I'm a wee bit stoned. All right. And I've been going, I really want to eat this Oreo cookie, but see, because we're recording a podcast, I cannot chew this Oreo cookie. No, you can't. I mean, go I just it, make Neil, because like, Neil, uh, Tommy took a drink out of his juice earlier and just made loads of really fucking abrasive <laughs> plastic noises. I mean, is that the same <laughs> as crunching? Is that the same as crunching? Uh, I might ask Neil a question. I'll, I'll, resist, just, I'll resist for a bit. Why did you break it in half? Neil, I think that if you do it right, there's like Just a... Just because I, I was playing with it. Is it ASMR? Why are you playing with it? It's going to melt in your hand. Well, I've put it down now. Right, okay. You you need to find a new... And you think... There's a bit of paper. Play with that. Right, so, anyway, <laughs> after that, we interruption. Aye, so, anyway, it was, right. on the subject of Star Wars, um, the writers of so a Star Wars film um, have... Again, I don't really know... Why this is a confirmation? Oh, right, okay, this La- is the Lando's Lando is pansexual, yeah. and in the biggest I, non-story I, of all time. I have a question about this. Go for it. Well, it's actually a two-part question. Uh, Lando Calrissian is, <laughs> is an alien. So why are we? Is at- he? Well, he's from a galaxy far, far away. But they're still they still refer to each other as humans, <laughs> in it though. Do they? Yeah. In Do Star they War? ever? Yeah, in, I, I don't recall them ever referring. To like, sorry, in the Star Wars, they're, they're humanoid. They're, no, they they say human in when, not in the movies, in the extended universe books. Which oh, now for fuck's Star sake, Wars nobody cares. Right, okay, so <laughs> things which aren't canon. Yeah. Anymore, right. Neil. Anymore. <laughs> so okay, if it's a galaxy far, far away, and he's a human, mm. he'd be in the past. Yeah. So. These ideas of human sexual. Why are we? Why do people care? Well, because people are asking to, assi- to well, assign that. Yeah. Oh, well, to assign it. In the well, that was place. it. Like, um, yeah. Who knows? Because he's an alien. He'll fuck anything. Well, the the writers uh, Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan, um, they were asked about, it and there was a quote um, from I believe it was John- Jonathan Kasdan, who said, um, "I would say yes. There's a fluid- fluidity to Donald and Billy Dee's portrayal of Lando's sexuality." I mean, I would have loved to have gotten a more explicitly LGBT character into this movie. I think it's time for that. And I love the fluidity, sort of the spectrum of sexuality that Donald uh, gives to and that, uh, hold on, and the droids are a part of that. Uh, He doesn't make any hard or fast rules and I think it's fun and I don't know where it will go. So basically what he's saying is because Lando is such a charming guy and he uses his sexuality and his charm to get what he wants... It basically implies, oh yeah, man, he can fuck anything if he needs to, or maybe wants to. I, I just feel that to announce it from the guy, the, the writer coming out after the fact hmm. and going, "I and this is this," is it plays? It's only really playing lip service to a movement. If you really wanted that, that guy. Uh, LGBT character in it, he would have put one in it. To be fair, we, we haven't seen the film. So, like, for all we know, there is a scene in it where Lando seduces a guy. 
Like, maybe, a, maybe. we yeah, don't no, know if that happens or not. Yeah, but but a, more to the point though, like I don't actually really care about this at all, one way or yeah. the other. Yeah, that is uh, the other thing is who really cares. Yeah, I mean, it's like, because that question got asked, I was like, well, I need to kind of find out why this was asked. Because, yeah. like you said, Neil. Um, Again, because it's twenty eighteen. Yeah, they wrote <laughs> the script. If they wanted to, they could do that. See, um, um, at the same time, it's like. What kind of relevance of it? I mean, I know. See, I know... see just to be perfectly clear, though, hmm. like I, I do think that LGBT like issues are something that the world isn't quite up to snuff with yet. Like we need well, to be better. I think there's yeah, a place to time for it. I do not think that Star Wars has the fucking credibility or credentials or gravitas or whatever it needs to handle any of these issues with any fucking like level of competence. So if anything, it'll be the same as like the Ghostbusters remake stuff with like the right. all women cast. Right. Like feminism is like an important thing. Equality is something that we should definitely be pushing for. Like it's just a shame that that movement got attached to such a fucking terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Like uh, these things are important, and Hollywood is not handling them anywhere near as well as it should or uh, needs to. I mean, yeah. so like it's maybe better to okay. not make these politically charged. Well, again, they just seem to fuck it up. Again, like you said, there could be a scene in the film where it's suggested Lando is going to seduce a a guy, girl, alien, fucking droid, whatever, you know. And I don't know, it's it's, like you said, it's it's putting that spotlight on it where it's like, listen, see if you're just going to watch a film and that is what it is. You're kind of like, oh, right, really? Again, I know Neil's not a fan of this film, but another film uh, where... A, a character that's been around for years and it's kind of suggested that it's not just gir- uh, girls that maybe seduce guys was in uh, Skyfall when Bond is approached by Javier Bardem and Javier Bardem like tries to make him uncomfortable and touches is, is that oh yeah that's after he's raped that girl in that boat right. let's, oh, let's yeah. not get didn't. into that on this yeah. let's not yeah, do didn't. that but we're not going to get <laughs> that but yeah, but last thing like, I'm part of like a kind of uh, a geeky community on Facebook that's like kind of mainly about comic books and stuff, but like they kind of cover. You don't uh, read comic books. Yeah, I don't. That's but like I, I met one of the, the kind of people who kind of founded the thing through Destiny, the video game, and uh, he kind of added us to the group. And like, as much as like I don't read comics, like it's enough about geekdom in general that there's enough there for me. Aye. But uh, after this reveal, it, just make noise with that plastic, Tom. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> after. After the uh, reveal of this kind of Lando sexuality thing, a couple of fucking hardcore Christians left the group because, like, they thought that it was disgusting and they didn't like being well, labelled as homophobes. Are. It's like, fuck you guys. It's 2018. Fucking. Yeah. Jesus died. God's dead. Look, <laughs> okay. Give it a rest. Give it a rest. <laughs> there you well, go. That's hardcore <clears throat> Christians for you. Yeah. Um, Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> The other uh, bit, in, well, two more bits of news. First, uh, there was talk about Captain Marvel and is there going to be an origin story? Um, the producers have said, we're not going to go for a formulaic origin story because a lot of Marvel films like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange were kind of criticised for how formulaic their origin stories were. Man, they, they listen w- to me. They kind, they kind of <laughs> want to do, <clears throat> they want to do something kind of against the grain, which I'm cool with, uh, but that's all the details we've got. I mean, I so, got... <clears throat> so the origin will just be told in flashback scenes then? Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I quite like the fact that in um, Spider-Man, uh, sorry, for Civil War, they kind of just like, listen, 
We all know who Spider-Man is. We all know how the accident yeah. happened. Let's just get fucking right into it. He is, he's got spider he's got Spider-Man powers and he's Spider-Man and that's it. Alright, we don't we're not gonna get ah, that's that's fair enough because it's fucking Spider-Man. Hmm. There's been five films already about Spider-Man. Everybody knows what his what his deal is. Though to be fair, I can't Marvel Six. Like other other than You Watchmen, probably need a bit more explanation. Other than Watchmen, I can't think of which superhero film done it, but there has been another one, I'm sure, where like the the whole origin story happens in the opening kind of intro. Credits. Yeah, and then like you know you've got like that five ten minute kind of montage of getting all that shit out of the way so you can get into the actual main story. Uh, they could do that, like uh, you know. I think it's we've had so many origin stories and they all follow the same trajectory that it's about time we started doing stuff like that. I just like you know. Expecting the audience to be with it enough to to follow like a five minute montage or get yeah. the basics. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, we kind of need to know, right? <clears throat> Who is Captain Marvel? Where she come from? How the powers? <coughs> For folk that don't read comic books, uh, there is a, there there is a there are ways of doing that, and it'd be nice to see something like the producer suggesting um, less formulaic. So yeah. we'll wait and see. Uh, the last bit of news I have um, again, it's been a shitey news week. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood um, are going to reteam for a film called The Mule, in which uh, Clint Eastwood will be acting. Um, his first acting good since uh, that baseball film he did. I can't remember one. Just uh, something about something the curve. Anyway, I didn't watch it. Boring. Um, <clears throat> so basically, Clint is going to play um, a man who's kind of facing foreclosure on his business. Um, so he takes like a driving job, um, but not knowing the fact that he's not just a driver, he is trafficking drugs for the Mexican cartel. And um, Bradley Cooper plays the DE agent that is going to be chasing. Okay. I don't. I don't want to sound down on that, but that sounds like a role for a slightly younger man. Well, the the elderly man. He's he's an eighty year old man. So. That's the way they're playing it. It could be, a, you're right, it could, could go either way. It could be like, oh man, why not just do it as a younger guy? But Clint's going to direct it and he'll produce it, so he'll he'll be calling the shots. Another, one last meaty role for Clint. I mean, the film sounds very generic and basic. Yeah. Clint Eastwood has proven, certainly in recent times, that he is a very hit or miss director. Um, I, I mean, I don't know the last time I could say Clint Eastwood made a solid classic. Um, I think the film I enjoyed most of his recently was Sully, and it was it was fine. Um, but before then, I mean, Gran Torino was good, but probably Changeling. Uh, Changeling was good. Um, he did that bullshit movie he'd after with Matt Damon. He did that one recently, the twenty three something at Paris or whatever it was the train film about the terrorists that got fucking negative reviews big time. Yeah, and he just and. The last outing with him and Bradley Cooper, American Sniper, I mean, fucking hell, you just oh, you had, to take, you had to take a shower after watching that because you felt dirty. It was like, this I is, mean, that film wasn't terrible, though. It, I, it, it was a very well-made, well-acted film, which was such a horrendous piece of propaganda. Yeah, it's like, the film, you get the fact right, it's set just after the towers went and Bradley Cooper's character goes off to Afghanistan, uh, to you know, fight the good fight, but you're like, yeah, the, the politics here. I get what you're trying to say, but you need to balance this out. I don't feel like there's a a, a right. There's not a good enough balance here. 
but in saying that, I did think Brad, Bradley Cooper, I think, had been nominated three times for an Academy Award, and I have to say that was probably his best performance, in which I think he probably should have got it for, but the film, definitely by the end of it, it left a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah. And it took me a while to figure out what it was, but yeah, that was it. Just not, not, not the right balance of politics. But yes, so that is the news, gentlemen. Uh, so let's move on to trailers. There was a fucking ton of trailers this week. Let's some start. good, some good trailers as well. Well, let's start with a trailer that wasn't great. <laughs> the Predator. <laughs> oh God, I, I forgot about that. I honestly thought this list. was longer than a week ago. I thought we'd already spoke about this. Yeah, co-written uh, by Fred De- Fred Decker and Shane Black, and directed by Shane Black. I was really fucking looking forward. I mean, I know it's just after the first trailer, but I was looking forward to it, given that Shane Black is can make good movies. He's very capable of it. Um, he was in the original Predator. Um, so, so it must be good. You're like, right, there's a lot of things here where it should be a big thumbs up. And then this trailer drops with the opening as a child playing with what looks like a alien. It looks like alien tech. And Yeah, which he seems to have gotten off the internet. It just seems, yeah, it's like predator tech that arrives at his home. And the thing is, it's not set at Christmas, it's at Halloween for a change for a change. Yeah, that's, that surprised me. Yeah. Oh, quickly, can I just jump on your... Uh, he's got Predator Tech, which he seems to order from Amazon. Yeah. That's going to be, I think that'll be the impetus of the Predator coming, but that's at, uh, to kind of hunt them, but that'll be after. Um, is it Scott Eastwood? Uh, no, I think it's, it's something. I can, I can see why you Boyd, would say that. Is it Boyd Holbrook? Is that or name? Boyd Holbrook, whatever his name yeah. is, that they're sent in and he finds it and that'll be his son. Right, is in like the dad's went and done all that shit and sent that to his son. Yes, right. and that's that's how they get in deep shit in right. the urban kind of suburbs. But, uh, I'll tell you, like this movie didn't look good uh, from the, the kind of start of this trailer, but I fucking completely lost all faith in it and the line about them ex- experimenting with hybrids to try and make a predator-human hybrid. That was yeah. the moment I was like, this film has no fucking chance of being good. Yeah, it's like. We've already not so much a predator human hybrid, but we had we had the whole al- pred alien from AVP and AVP Requiem, which again watching this trailer, <clears throat> it looked like predators mixed with AVP Requiem. And those are two look, not good movies. It also looked cheap <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, like, I thought that it looked. It looked everything looked like a definite set. Yeah, but that's yeah that's I mean that's the crux of the trailer. Um, I was very disappointed, yeah. but let's. I mean, it was the first trailer. I, I hated the trailer for Dread, and it turned out to be fucking ace. So we'll wait and see how that goes. Dead's a tits, man. It was, but the trailer was shite. I remember it being fucking awful, and I was like, man, god damn it. And then I watched the yeah. film, and I was like, wow, man. Also, I remember like hating specific lines from the trailer, and then for some reason, within the context of the film, I did not mind them. Like, Yeah. Aye. Yeah. It's, it's just odd. Dread yeah, is a really good movie. Fucking ace, man. Yeah. We, I think we still got your Blu-ray copy of it in here, Neil. We yeah, do. we're looking at it right now. Uh, we either do or I gave it back no, to it's you. it's right there. Oh, you're right looking at it. All right. Oh, I can see it. <clears> so <throat> while he's being honest, you're still trying to thieve it, Tommy. Sick, man. Thieve it, man. Islanders, man. Got no use for DVDs, man. I, was the, the Blu-ray, yeah, prick. It's a 3D <laughs> Blu-ray, so I got to watch it in the, the VR helmet. Ah. And I, while the 3D is the best that a 3D movie has ever been in that, it was still like, why is this here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the new trailer for uh, Spike Lee's film, produced by Jordan Peele, uh, Black Klansman dropped. 
uh, starring Topher Grace, uh, Adam Driver. Um, uh, well, you can only remember the white people's names, Tommy. I was going to say uh, also Clay Davis from The Wire, who I I never I'll, he'll always be Clay Davis to me. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this trailer. I thought it yeah, like, I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it didn't look like a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> it looked like a kind of uh, buddy cop. I don't want to say com- I don't want to say comedy caper, but it didn't. It looked like Spike Lee was doing something very much out with. I was mean, it, there was obviously was there it was... Shane Black who directed the Nice Guys. There was it. Yeah, Nice Guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it felt like that. The trailer reminded me heavily of that. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, it looked. Um, I mean, obviously, it's got like, <clears throat> the whole politics of um, black oppression from um, the Ku Klux Klan and things like that. But uh, again, it wasn't a heavy-handed. It didn't seem like a heavy-handed political film. It seemed like it was handling it very well, um, especially the main character. I thought he was great in it. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that trailer. Do you, you, what do you think of it, Neil? Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, it looks fun. Looks um, When I watched the trailer, it kind of reminded me of, Lo- of the trailer for Logan Lucky, that kind of feel, uh, that kind of, it's a comedy, but it's got enough drama to it. And Adam Driver. Make it and yeah. <laughs> the, the next one was the Happy Town Murders. Uh, I never thought I'd say this that I was looking forward to a Melissa McCarthy film. It looked very funny. Uh, uh, uh-huh. a, a, a political thriller, uh, Sesame Street film. <laughs> uh, not political thriller, sorry. Uh, a detective thriller. So this, it's not actually The Muppets, though, right? It's not actually Sesame no. Street. No. Yeah. It's directed by Brian Henson, who runs the Muppets. Mm. Or it is it? Yeah. So technically they are Muppets? They don't say Muppets yes, in the trailer. Arguably, okay, arguably you could say they are technically Muppets. Uh, so this looks like it is trying to be a modern day who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, yeah, okay, I could see that, the whole... Who Framed Roger Rabbit being animated characters at this time being Muppets, Muppets and humans yeah. interacting with them. Okay. Um, if it's half as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it'll be fucking sweet. But I thought the trailer was really good. Uh, the R-rated trailer was uh, really immature and f- immature and funny to see Muppets or puppets just doing adult horrendous stuff like offering sex uh, for in exchange for money and the, the very last scene of the R-rated trailer is really good. It's really, yeah. really immature. Yeah, it's really good. What yeah. happens? Like, I know we just watched it. I don't know. Um, they, they come in asking for the lead detective, who's a puppet, and his, and his assistant oh, right, says yeah, yeah, he's yeah, busy, yeah, yeah. and he's, he's shagging another puppet, right. and just yeah, yeah. flies everywhere. It's really but funny. Like it's, it's like clearly a kind of silly string. Yes, yes. That is pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um... So the next trailer was uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I got a new trailer. bit more clarity on the villain. Um, the villain appears to be the guy from the last one. Who, from the teaser, I thought he died. But in this... Cheers, not. Tommy. Cheers for ruining the end of fucking Ghost Protocol for me. Well, that's not the end of Ghost Protocol, so that's Rogue Nation. So, Alright, okay, no, it's Rogue Nation, the one I've not saw. Uh, so still, fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know, I checked out during this trailer. It's like, it just seemed to be constant action sequences, and I just didn't care. 
Uh, it's just another Mission Impossible film. Yeah, I, I was, they all I, do the same thing. Yeah, I was apart from two, which is amazing. Two really ramps it up. Uh, I really <laughs> like the teaser for uh, Fallout, and I like this one. It looks like I'm going to get every everything I want from this film and what that trailer's promised me, and that is, like Neil said, another Mission Impossible film. Hopefully, better than Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation was fine. Rogue Nation was enjoyable from what I remember. It was fine. It wasn't as good as Ghost Protocol. So um, I remember they spent a lot of time in London. Yes. So one where the Kremlin blows up. That's that's Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Wasn't that Red Two? <laughs> that <laughs> also <laughs> was Red Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Mission Impossible <laughs> franchise—it was kind of like Ghost Protocol was always going to be like the last hurrah or Tom Cruise passing the torch. But Brad Bird did such a good job of that movie, and it made so much fucking money. It's like actually not top. The Cruise stay to- on. And yeah. Scientology isn't going to pay for itself. No, it's not. <laughs> it certainly is not. Fucking Lord Zenu demands them fucking dollars. <laughs> um, the next one, uh, Neil shared this trailer. It looks fucking really cool. Is Mile 22. We do, sweet. Oh, yeah. I, I was jazz balls for that. <laughs> that looked amazing when I watched it. Yeah, man. So that's like, uh, it's directed by Peter Berg, who did Patriot's Day, Deepwater Horizon, The Kingdom. Um, this felt a lot like <clears> The Kingdom. <throat> Um, just by going the action, the action sequences. Don't forget his finest work. Welcome to the jungle. Well, that's that's certainly up there as fun, uh, and one of the rock's <laughs> finest efforts. I might add as well, and quite a, and one of Walken's later efforts, and yeah. the only other film that we see of Sean William Scott in for a long time. Oh, he's been. Hold on, he got he was in the news this week. He has he? been cast as Riggs in the Lethal Weapon TV show. Oh yeah, because oh, the other guy got sacked. That's right. Um, Partly he's a knob end. Yeah, partly he'd be a dick on set, and that was that. Fair play, Sean Williams. I've not seen Sean Williams Scott in a long time, but do you think he could do that role? Uh, why not? Uh, he's, he's playing Riggs's brother. Oh, right. Well, he's not thought... actually playing Riggs. Uh, all right, okay. He's playing his brother, and it's so they can keep the Riggs name, but he'll be a different character. But, like, doing the exact same role? Yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. But it's like, I think the guy that got sacked, he was Martin Riggs. So now it's just going to be, this guy is going to be Martin Riggs' brother. Yeah. Because like, so that, that to me says, like, that Martin Riggs guy is going to be in, like, the pilot episode, whatever they've already recorded, and then they're going to kill him off off screen and replace him with John No, 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 no. They're on season three. Season three, they're on. Oh, really? Yeah. Right? Okay, I didn't realise. <laughs> I thought this was Because that, that was the part of the new story which I was amazed at. Yeah. The how that goes to season three. Yeah, folk that I know that like the Lethal Weapon films have said they're enjoying the TV show. I watched a bit of the pilot and God, I, I didn't even know it existed. I could not get on board with Damon Wayans is Danny Glover. Yeah, he's uh, Murdoch. And Damon <laughs> Wayans wishes he was de- um, Donald Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> but yeah, I did not like the pilot from what I seen of it and I'm fucking uber surprised. But in saying that, there's loads of shows that I, I still can't believe Arrow's still going, man. That show's yeah. rank. I'm not going to lie, man. As much as I fucking hated Arrow by the end of season one and struggled through season two with you, like I, I'm still every now and again get that twinge. I should no, continue watching it. Don't do it. I think, like, I think I'm, I made it to season three. I think that's what and you it, did. And it got a wee bit better. And then I watched half of season three and went, why am I still watching this? Seemingly, Kay, I mean, I, I hate everything that I've seen of The Flash so far. Like, I've never seen anything good about it, and for some reason still feel the need to watch that as well. Nah, 
Okay. I really don't. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, the Incredibles 2, that trailer dropped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looked like a, a fun Incredibles film. Neil, before you even say it, I can see it in your face. There's no need. <laughs> I I just have no interest in The Incredibles. I, I didn't particularly like the first one. I, I think that this looks alright, but like it looks like they are going to focus so much on Jack, Mr. Jack. Mr. Incredible like babysitting the family. You mean being a, well, not babysitting, he's going to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, well, <laughs> same thing. It's... Well, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it looks like that's going to be the crux of the film, and I don't know that I'm excited for that. Like, I hope that that's just what they're kind of doing in the trailer, and that it's going to be that's like the, the kind of opening act, but then everything kind of shifts into gear. Hmm. Um, I like the trailer. I was fine with yeah. it. Yeah. Girl is the only acceptable representation of uh, Reed Richards' powers. Okay. So far, to date. Suck on that, Neil. <laughs> I think Neil would agree with you. No, it's fine. To date, day I would probably agree with it. Which is probably another reason why I don't really care that much about The Incredibles is because they are pretty much just such a facsimile of the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah. It makes me sad that there isn't a good Fantastic Four. Well, Marvel's got that back now, man, so we'll wait and see. I was watching like a, a thing where it was like the all the intros to the Marvel cartoon TV shows and stuff over the years. And right. the second iteration of the Fantastic Four, this was like completely kind of freaked me out a bit. Didn't have the Human Torch, but they replaced them instead with some fucking robot. What was that all about? I remember there being a robot in the cartoon. I don't remember no Human Torch being in it. Yeah, it was but, like it was like it was Sue Richards and uh, the thing. But then, like rather than the Human Torch, it was just like it didn't even look like a good robot. It just I won- I wonder if. Was there another cartoon that had the Human Torch in it? Yeah, the the, the first representation of the Fantastic Four had them in it. No, but a separate non-Fantastic Four cartoon. Oh, quite possibly, man. I, I couldn't tell you. Because it may be a case of whoever made that second one, which didn't wasn't Fantastic Four, maybe had the rights so they couldn't use Human yeah, Torch at that time. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and the last trailer was Bohemian Rhapsody. The Brian Singer slash Dexter Fletcher um, film about uh, the life of Queen and Freddie Mercury up until I think it finishes. It's up until their performance at Band Aid. Yeah. Uh, is it Live Aid? Is that what it's called? Uh, Live Aid. Live yeah. Aid. Band Aid. Yeah. Sorry. Live Aid. That's right. Um, so um, you 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 like enjoy biopics and all that sort of stuff way more than I do. Like I love Queen. I don't really have any interest in this. Like I don't. Um, I've got uh, yeah. I'm 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 interested. Um, I just wonder, given the troubles that it had during production, um, how well it's going to hold up? Because Brian Singer was the original director. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, background problems with him uh, that was reported by the crew, and then obviously the whole he was he left because of his health. But you know, folk were saying where he was he sacked, and um, the timing of it was interesting as well. And then to bring Dexter Fletcher on, who um, I, I Dexter Fletcher is the iRobot guy. No, Dexter no, iRobot fucking Mister Robot. Yeah, that's Remy Malik. Dexter Remy, Fletcher. That's the Remy director. Malik. Right. Yeah, you may know Dexter Fletcher from the kids' TV series Press Gang in the nineties. Um, I was saying, um, yeah, Dexter Fletcher was in a uh, Press Gang. 
he's also he was in uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. But he has directed a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, the films of his I've seen, I quite like. Um, I liked Eddie the Eagle. Uh, I actually like Sunshine on Leith, which I, even surprised me. Um, I haven't seen Wild Bill, but yeah, this seems, he seems a competent director. Um, Remy Malik looks, he looks like Freddie Mercury. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. But I wasn't a big fan of Mr. Robot, and I don't really get where the hype for Mr. Robot came. I thought it was so unbelievably average. I think it came from people who hadn't seen Fight Club and thought that that story was original. I don't know, like um, our our good friend uh, Danny, he's a big fan of Fight Club and he he really enjoyed Mr. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't particularly like Malik as an actor. Yeah, I don't it's know where they're getting... Cold, he's got cold dead eyes, like a shark's eye. Mm. I mean, I'm guessing again. that's why he was cast in Mr. Robot. Oh, in Mr. Mr. Robot, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But... but yeah, I thought the trailer for that was all right. Um, so uh, we'll move on to films. What have you seen this Neil? Uh, this week, Neil. This Neil. Oh, I've seen. I have seen three films that I'm going to talk about, and one that I can't remember if I watched the whole way through. So I'm not going to talk about it. Fair enough. Which one of the ones you watched? Uh, I watched a Spanish horror film on Netflix. It's currently doing the rounds called Veronica. It's, uh, Veronica is directed by Paco Plaffer, who you will know from the the Wreck trilogy. Oh, right, okay. Uh, directed all three Wreck films, two of which are amazing, yeah. one of which is awful. I haven't seen the third one. Actually, I think there's a fourth one now. Probably. Probably. I'm sure there's a fourth one now. Uh, so it's based on a true story. Uh, set in Madrid in uh, June of 1991 uh, a young girl called Veronica lives with her mother uh, and three younger siblings uh, the father has died recently so Veronica has to essentially be the mother to these children while her mum goes out and does all the work so that's your conceit for why there's never really an adult about uh, so Veronica and her two wee pals, they go into the basement in school and do some Ouija board action to try and talk to the dad. And whilst they're doing this, uh, there is a total eclipse of the sun happening. Um, so that obviously makes the power of the board a wee bit stronger. Everyone knows uh, that. That's the rules. It's science. It's science. Yeah. Um, essentially the crux of it is Veronica gets possessed or mm. what looks like at that point looks like she's possessed is it like a found I, uh, footage effort? no no it's not it's not found footage it's proper uh, it's a proper film um, however as as you would expect supernatural shenanigans are afoot and it looks more like it's a kind of poltergeist or some kind of ghost that's haunting her and is putting her family in danger. And it plays out pretty much how you would expect that kind of film to play out. It's very reminiscent of movies like The Conjuring, Insidious, that kind of thing, that kind of that kind of build. <clears throat> and 
Although a lot of the buzz that had been coming out from it was that there was a lot of people couldn't finish watching it. It was so scary. One of the scariest movies in years. It's not. It's a good, it's a good solid uh, haunting film. Right. Doesn't do anything kind of new or original though? No, nah, not really. If you've seen, if you've seen The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, you kind of know how it's going to plaud out in terms, mean, the, in terms of the escalation of things. Yeah. I'm sure the, the listeners at home will want to know, is there a fat ghost? No, there is not a fat ghost. And then it's already worse than The Conjuring then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's worth a watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I should have really looked at the names of more people in it. But the girl that <laughs> Veronica, Sandra Escalera, her performance is really good. Uh, the young kids who couldn't really be any older than about 10. There's like three of them, so it'd be like 10, 8, and what looks like a toddler. They're 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 good as well because they're not because it's a Spanish film, not like a Hollywood film. Yeah. There's none of this. Oh, everybody's so clean cut. Everybody's such a nice wee child, and you're supposed to feel for these children, and but you can't. When the danger comes from these kids, it's, the performance is quite honest, and it's not, and it's very, it's it's nuanced in the way that if the relationship feels real. Love that word, nuance. Yeah, it's good. For it is. Okay, do you want to quickly yeah. talk about Shin Godzilla? Shin Godzilla is the fucking nuts, man. It's easily, yes, the, best it is. easily yes. the best Godzilla film I have ever seen. Forget your Matthew Broderick fucking Roland Emmerich <laughs> shite of the 90s. That was rubbish, which was a film basically where you see a foot for a bunch of the time and then that's that. And then, I don't know, Destroy All Monsters is pretty good. <laughs> and then you see Gareth Edwards' um, not Gareth Edwards... Yes, Gareth Edwards, his I, his Godzilla film, which was Godzilla nearly fighting a bunch of times with Mothra, I think. It's Mothra, who cares? Um, that was garbage as well. Um, but this was really good uh, because it combines a lot of things you want to see from a Godzilla film. Obviously, Godzilla's a monster. It's been around cinema for a long, long time. So there's a lot of nostalgia there and there's a lot of like... There's a lot, of, you know, he's, he's a landmark monster in terms of cinema. The way Shin Godzilla plays out is it plays out like a political thriller featuring Godzilla. And I, 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 sorry to interrupt, Tommy. I wouldn't even say it's a political thriller. It's a politic. It's a it's a bureaucratic. It's a, it's all about like it's all about the bureaucracy of dealing with a crisis. <clears throat> Yeah. So it's it's all really mun. It's a lot of mundane bureaucracy. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe in political. Yeah. Bureaucracy. Godzilla is annoying. Yeah. It's basically what happens in Shin Godzilla is there's an accident at sea. I mean, we spoke about this in the show. A right. Of of, well, we've we've had a plot rundown of it, but the things I liked about it was, I mean, I think I described it as the West Wing meets Shin Godzilla because uh, no, I when, said that when you'd said that to me, I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know how credible it is because you've not seen a lot of the West Wing. I've seen four and a half seasons of the West Wing. I don't think you got to four and a half. I'm I pretty did. sure there's stuff you didn't see. But anyway, I was like, no. You try to fucking West Wing shame me. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it all and yet. And steal that my about? descriptions. You don't get that. You didn't own that. I bet you if I asked Neil the same question, you would have said the same thing. Yeah, but Neil didn't say it. I did, so fuck you. Oh, you were the first to say it. All right, right, okay. Come on. Anyway, so Shin Godzilla, yeah. There, like, there's an, 
the, the run the plot rundown we've had but again when you first see Godzilla I was like wow this film is cheap he's got this he looks like this he looks like this shit teddy bear that you would get at the the carnival uh, after winning one of those you know he, crappy g- like crappy he, games he looks like something you would have seen in the fucking Power Rangers TV show he, he kind of uh. you know, he reminded me of yeah I that's that's absolutely correct but he just made me think of there's a Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns wants to hunt Nessie and they're like right we don't know what he <laughs> looks like but he looks like this and he holds up a purple toy with googly eyes and a, a sombrero on it and you're like this is what we believe he looks like and I immediately thought of that because I was like this looks fucking ridiculous but you know it what it still has a charm no exactly that that's point, that's what I'm getting at is even though it looks ridiculous and cheap there's an utter retro charm to it and then whilst that's going on you've got Japan in a state of panic where they have to, and I thought this was really funny how there's a lot of really good comedy in it where because things start escalating, they have to move from one room to another to have a bigger meeting. <laughs> and then after that bigger meeting, something else happens with Godzilla. It's like, oh, well, we need to go actually go back into the Prime Minister's room for this meeting. And I'm like, why the fuck are they shifting rooms for meetings? It's like, just pick a room. This is a this is a state of national uh, emergency. But yeah, I thought it was really well acted, uh, really a lot of nice humour, and just a really good Godzilla movie. Yeah, Godzilla is exactly evo- what you want to see. Godzilla's evolution is really cool, and it is to that point where you, as an audience member, you're like, how the fuck are they going to stop him? This nothing is working. And then Godzilla's arsenal uh, becomes absolutely ridiculously good. And when the film ended, I was like, that, I, I thought it was incredible. I was like, I can't believe this is how it ended. But you know what? It all made sense. They didn't kind of proof out with the ending or that. There's complete devastation in Tokyo. Folk, yeah. get, folk are dying left, right and centre. And it's like... There's definitely there's such a sense of peril because they're, they've no idea what they're dealing with or how to beat it. And yeah. <laughs> also, in terms of comedy, it, the, there's a... Does f- it not leave it open for a sequel? It absolutely yeah. does, yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Uh, which I will happily watch because the fun thing is that sequel could happen in five years, ten years, five minutes after that film, and it'd be great. Um, and what, like One of the things I do like about it as well is like... In like the other Godzilla movies and stuff like that that I've seen, like the the more recent ones, mm. like they give like Godzilla like almost some kind of malice intent kind of thing, mal intent. Uh, whereas this one, it is just like it's just wandering. It's just a creature. It just happens to be going through Tokyo. It's not there to yeah. purposefully fuck shit up. It just Aye. happens to be doing it. Yeah. Like uh, he's too warm. Yeah, it's just he just wants to be. He's, he's just trying to get a bit cold. And like. I mean, that is not Godzilla's absolute thing. He doesn't. He doesn't mean to attack MD. It just happens to be that. Yeah, it's just a, a creature. It's just like he is so huge that he's causing this damage. Yeah, and, and he uh, has like, to defend the, himself. Yeah, all the they, they kind of do a good thing as well. Where like they mentioned that like the the kind of lasers and shit that come out of it are all instinctual. It's like it doesn't really have any kind of you know conscious power over that. Yeah, it's, it's just, that whole thing of an animal just defending yeah. itself. Any ways mm. it can, yeah. But oh, it's a really fun film. If you can, uh, I could see audience like, watch Shin Godzilla. You will not be disappointed. I could see it. some people maybe not liking it because it does look kind of cheap uh, a lot of the time. But like, it's I don't know. Like, as, as we kind of all said already, like the the cheapness of it completely adds to its charm. Yeah, West Wing meets Godzilla, circa Francisco Rodriguez, twenty eighteen. He's he's the first one to say it. Um, 
What else did you watch, Neil? Oh, I watched the new Melissa McCarthy movie, Life oh. of the Party. And is she the life of the party, Neil? Dirty, dirty. Oh, yes, she is such the life of the party. But it's a party no she she knows all the hot jams, <laughs> knows what's down with the kids these days, yo. <sighs> Why did you watch this? For journalistic purposes, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I, each week I always try and watch at least one film that I know you two won't, and, but not because you can't be bothered going and see it, but because it's like this kind of genre of film, which you will never, ever sit through. That's, like, I, 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 I would. Probably. You would you would not have gone to see Life of the Party, Tommy. I there's didn't no, want to go no see it. Is, I, this currently, did, is this currently in the cinema? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to go see it, but say it was the only thing out that week, and there was you, you would else. have you would have watched something on Netflix. I, I've been. To a fair I did few watch films. something on Netflix. I watched The Villainous. <laughs> I've, I've been to a fair few films I knew I wasn't going to like purposefully because of this show. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's again. I, I know what you mean, man. You, you took one for the team. Um, I don't really want to ask you anything more about it because your voice really said anything. It really said it all there. Did it? Like, let's just cut all the kind of normal stuff you'd expect from a Melissa McCarthy movie and cut right to: Is there anything redeeming about it? Is there any good points in it? Ma- Maya Rudolph plays her best friend in it, and she's in about three scenes. And she's good. She's quite good. There's there's one scene with Maya Rudolph in it where I actually laughed out loud. What is the actual plot? I don't know what the plot is. Right, the plot is that Melissa McCarthy, her daughter, is going back to university for her senior year. So Wells, her and her husband drop her off. Uh, as they're driving away, the husband goes, right, I want a divorce. And that he's been seeing this real estate woman for a couple of months now and he wants to go and be with her and McCarthy doesn't take it well and because back in the day the husband had convinced her to leave university in her final year because he'd got pregnant she'd never ever finished university so this so is old she... school yeah kind of yeah it is right. kind of old school right. it wishes it was old school it wishes it was old school it wishes it was fucking back to school Remember that big topper? It's a Rodney Dangerfield movie from the 80s, mate. It's a, that's one you should seek out. Do you guys remember a movie called Plain Clothes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I know the title. I don't remember the film. Now that thing like you latch on to a lot where in American movies, like uh, people who are supposed to be playing school kids are actually played by 40-year-olds. So right, okay, I've got something to say about that in this. Right. Jillian Jacobs, who you will know from Community, she's the big, she's the the blonde woman in the main group in Community. Right. Um, I remember. I know what you're talking about. She plays a college sophomore. <laughs> right. Okay. But she'd been in, she'd been in a coma for eight years. Oh fucking hell! Jillian Jacobs, even with that eight year kind of gap to try and go this is why this woman in her 40s is in this role still doesn't work and she is fucking awful wow. she's she's so fucking bad in it <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah. she does this thing where her character 
is kind of because she was in a coma for eight years, she's a bit kooky. And part of that kooky thing is she never blinks, but so she kind of stares all the time with these kind of bug eyes. And it just looks ridiculous. It's like that's supposed to be a joke, but it's not. It's just shite. It's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry that you wasted like an hour and a half. Big Steven who is a fine actor. He sure is. Fine he's, comic actor. Uh, he's in Dodgeball. He's, he is, uh, he's in Office he's Space. Built in space. Mm. Even he's fucking awful in this. Man, he's a good actor as well. Yeah. Mm. Just the material is so shite. Wow. <sighs> um, is it Do you as... know what? Is that, is that bad? I was supposed to go and... Uh, oh, yeah. I'd go yeah. and take it for him, <laughs> Tebby. To oh, yeah. After it. And there was like, there was like a... A good forty minute gap between the showings. I sat outside the cinema for ten minutes going I can't go and watch in Tebby now. I need to go up the road. Wow. And I ended up going up the road because I had to kind of just sit and think about my life choices. It's fucking terrible man. And the worst part of it is everybody else in the cinema thought it was hilarious. <laughs> One of those and ones, it, yeah. It was all it was all middle aged women, old people and special needs with their carers. And every single one of those people laughed. And were you the only one sitting there just like, listen, I, I just don't think this is funny? I made the normal noises of, oh, what? <laughs> the normal noises? <laughs> I think yeah. what he means is the usual noises of, <laughs> yeah. man, I can't believe folk are liking this. This is not know. funny. I did that a lot during Ghostbusters. Even though I was with Paco and that, and they, I, I was at least had a community of folk with me that agreed that it was terrible. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, then there's other folk like loving it, and I'm like, man, I what the? I'm missing something here. I have no idea how this is supposed to be funny. And I like, you know, like from what this sounds like, really basic humor. Like, you know, I think the kind of people that like Mrs. Brown's boys, oh, life, life oh, of the party. Oh, man, it's that That's kind of just. Oh, it's just that kind of level of garbage. Yeah, sounds it. Is there anything uh, else of note to talk about? Life of the party. Um, no, no, no. no. We. Well, do you want to talk about the villainous quickly? Well, what I was going to say is, um, do you mind in the film Hard to Kill when Steven Seagal is in a coma for eight years and he comes out and he's got long hair and then within days he's like. A martial arts expert again, and everything is superb. And he goes out, out to kill uh, William Sadler. Did you have you seen Heart Kill? I don't know. I mean, quite oh, you you must have seen Heart like Kill. The, like how many like martial arts or Steven Seagal movies have we watched where we were both drunk? Like there is every we, chance I've watched that I think film, Neil and owned, I can tell you nothing about it. I think Neil I, I, I still kill. own a copy of it. Yeah, it's an NTSE. It's like copy. our time living together. Like a uh, like when me Neil and Tommy all shared the same flat. Uh, is a blur of watching like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal movies that have all mixed together in such a fashion that I could not tell you <laughs> at all which one is which. The only that, thing that, I seems, can, that seems fair. Yeah, the only thing I could tell you about the Jean-Claude Van Damme opus knockoff is that it's about counterfeit jeans. Yeah. That's all I could tell and you about then, that. Like, double is that the one like that's got Dennis Rodman in it? No, that's uh, Double Team. Double team, double team. Oh yeah, it's double team. Double impacts when it's Van Damme. Is it, and his twin uh, yeah, and it looks like a. Is it Rob Schneider in it? Schneider in it? 
Rob Schneider, I don't know if he's in double impact. He's in knockoff. No, in knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's when like, Rob Schneider was just in eight fucking action films. I mean, like around I know the nineties for some reason. I know you guys are going to go a bit mental at this as well, but like I only ever watched Bloodsport with you guys as well. But like great. we also watched the Legionnaire in AWOL around the same time, and I don't know. I don't remember was... Legionnaire, but I remember Le- Legionnaire as AWOL. Is it? Ah. Yeah. It's also called Lionheart. Oh no, Legionnaire is a different film. Legionnaire is a different film. I now remembered what Legionnaire is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's a shiter. Yeah. Like, we watched all of them like so close to each other that I couldn't tell you which one is which in them as well. AWOL's well, good, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, I don't really remember it. AWOL was like, he left the fucking Legionnaires, I think, actually, again, wasn't it? Like, yeah, uh, that's what I was getting his brother went it. missing. And he was like, uh, he joined the underground fight circuit. That's right. See, you remember yeah. the whole thing, man. That's like, the film. I mean, like, wasn't Bloodsport the same thing? Was he not a legionnaire? Uh, he left? Uh, no, he, no, he's no. a US Army guy. Yeah. But he left them to take part in the tournament, right? The Kumite, yeah. And then, like, legionnaires, like, he's a legionnaire, but, like, he leaves the. Like, it's, these are the same movie. Bloodsport. Like, Bloodsport's based on a true story. Yeah, I don't doubt it, man. <laughs> really? like, all the Steven Seagal ones, man. Like I remember, at some point, he shot somebody's legs off with a shotgun. That's out there was for a, justice. Out for frying, justice. Yeah. Frying pan involved in some. Tom Arnold was in one. Okay, oh. fucking. They all just bought together, man. I remember especially being really pissed in your room, Tommy, and we watched Under Siege 2, Dark, Dark Ter- Territory, yeah. and I just sat there the entire time in disbelief at how fucking ridiculous the plot was. Well, what he uses the Golden Knight to do stuff. Well, it's yeah. not the Golden Knight. It causes earthquakes. It doesn't do any MP. My God, man. Yeah, man. No, uh, I, like, I'll t- hard to kill is a belter, man. It really is. Uh, I remember when I bought that film when I was like a young lad. Uh, I actually, there were selling videos in the, sh- the local shop, and I went to buy Blind Fury, but someone had already bought it. So I was like, oh, well, I'll take that Seagal one, and uh, I have no regrets, man. Fuck. How like, the hell did we start talking about this? Um, because the uh, last he was uh, eight years in a coma in uh, the Melissa McCarthy movie, and it just made me think of, <laughs> made me think of Hard to Kill. Right, the villainess. Yeah, the villainess. Uh, it's available on Netflix. Um, it's a South Korean uh, action thriller, and it's excellent. I would say it's the best martial arts film I've seen since The Raid 2. Um, I don't want to give too much away. I'll give you a basic uh, synopsis, and that is um, uh, the main character. There's a big shootout at the, the start, and then the main character is arrested. Um, and then she is taken to an institution and is basically recruited to be an assassin. Uh, that is the crux of it. I don't want to give too much away because there's a couple of twisty, turny bits in it. But uh, I thought the action sequences looked great. The cinematography was excellent. I mean, the only some of the scenes, I'm like, I have no idea they filmed it other than did the co-star have a GoPro on their head and that's how they did it. Um, I th- I just thought it was excellent. Uh, I was I I've been wanting to see it for a long time. I spoke to Neil about it. Um, but yeah, as soon as as soon as it said South Korean martial arts thriller. Or even just when it's a South Korean film, and I'm like, this is probably going to be great. So like, that... I, I, I take it like this is a kind of film where, like, it's not great because it's got like amazingly original plot or whatever. It's just great because the, the fight plot, sequences are brilliant. The plot's good, by the way. Don't get me wrong. You can you kind of figure out a lot of the the twisty, turny bits in it. Is she but, try to find an elephant? Uh, no, no. Uh, but it's got that really something I really seem to appreciate, especially the films of Park Chan Wook. Um, it starts off as a an action thriller and then there's like not so much then it's kind of like a romantic drama and then it hits back into the revenge genre it's like a complete mix of it and you're like I don't know if this is going to work but it totally works it's kind of like it's like when you watch Thirst 
which is a vampire film, but it's total melon a melodrama at the same time. You're like, it's like a family trying to cope with the fact that they're not they're misbehaving as vampires. It's just things like that. I was like, this. Is I I, I love how in first he makes he makes that woman another vampire, and then she's just on his case. Exactly, it becomes like this. It comes this melodrama. I was like, man, this is really cool. It was shifted gears and it's done it really seamlessly. But yeah, it, the villainous I thought had a lot of that in it. There's a there's some really nice character work in amongst all the fighting um, and then it goes from that to revenge thriller and it's just what was, really good what was the Matthew Good Goody Matthew Good movie like Eric Partridge directed oh, uh, Stoker Stoker, Stoker. Yeah. has he I, done a film I since then Stoker was alright um, yeah I remember being alright I haven't seen Stoker I remember I watched a wee bit of it and I was going to. I was like late at night so I was I was like I'll watch the rest of it and I just never got around to it I actually thought it, it, it's, it it's a lot of it's a lot of style over substance, but was that the last movie he made? It's, I'm oh. just having a look. It's um, it's good style. Hmm. So. Who was the girl in that? Nicole Kidman and Cersei, not Cersei Ronan. Um, was, it was the last. It was in Alice in Wonderland, was it not? Yes. Uh, oh shit! I can't remember her name. I remember that film being alright. Again, I am a huge Park Chan-wook fan or Chan-wook Park. Oh, he, he did The Handmaiden. The Handmaiden, which was oh, which was which was excellent, yeah, which was film of the year for me last year until I saw yeah, the was. Um, but yeah, absolutely great movie. Uh, but whenever I see his name, I've still not seen I uh, I Cyborg or I Am Cyborg. Um, I Am Cyborg, Cyborg's quite good. Uh, I've liked all of Park Chan Wook or Chan. He's, he's got one here, which sorry, I'm kind of looking at it on IMDb. Mm-hmm. He's got a documentary here called Bittersweet Soul. Yeah. Which come out which come out between uh Stoker and the Handmaiden. Oh um but yeah. Uh, Matthew Good, was that what you're asking? Uh, if he's been in other stuff? No, I was asking particularly about Park Chan Wook. Oh right, yeah, well the hand, the handmaiden I I my only regret is I didn't get to go see it twice. I wanna move on to the the main film of the week. Um could do. If you want. Yeah. So uh, Deadpool two came out. We all saw it pretty much in the fucking first day on release, mm-hmm. right? Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed Deadpool one. I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed it, but not as much as everyone else. I I rewatched Deadpool one before going to see uh, Deadpool two the next morning, and I still enjoyed it, right. but I felt it still had issues. Yeah, my my biggest criticism with the first Deadpool is like the. As much as like the film thrives on its humour and the, there's a lot of jokes that do land in it, the plot itself was like so cookie cutter, like uh, that it just made it quite a kind of bit of a letdown. Like I really enjoyed it, but like I just wish it was more original than uh, he, you know, gets superpowers. His girlfriend gets kidnapped, he rescues his girlfriend, and he kills the bad guy. Like a mm. uh, Deadpool two. I would say is a better film in every regard. I would agree with that. Uh, I the, agree with that. The the plot still isn't like amazingly uh, original, but like it is different enough. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they at least tried to have underlying themes more than just you know the, the kind of regular kind of hero's journey esque thing that you would expect. Mm. Uh, like the the whole idea that him and Cable are like essentially the the kind of in the same circumstance, but like you know years apart kind of thing like that I like that kind of thing in a, a film yeah um, um, I mean I would agree with that uh, I as I said I, I liked Deadpool but I, I mean it was so successful when it came out and I was like man I'm, I enjoyed it but I, I 
didn't, I didn't think it was like movie of the year or even yeah. one of mm-hmm. the best superhero films I'd seen. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Deadpool 2 raised it for me uh, so much. Uh, I thought the character Cable was great. I thought Josh yeah. Brolin was great. Yeah. And I mean, he is very reliable and really good. So I thought, uh, yeah, uh, there was definitely an evolution uh, of uh, character art for uh, Deadpool. Uh, he's, I mean, he goes through quite a lot very early on in the film. Uh, the humour yeah. was excellent. Uh, I thought uh, the kid, man, I forgot, Russell, Russell uh, from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People was uh, very good in it as well. I thought everyone just did a really good job in it. Yeah, um, I thought like especially, I mean, like she looked cool in the trailer, but a uh, Domino's part in this film was excellent. Like she mm-hmm. looked absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and like all the stuff she did in it was really cool. Like she had like a lot of really just fun moments in it, and like she was like a really relatable character. I liked that. And again, um, sorry. But yeah, like in, in general, the, the, basic, the basic synopsis is that something bad has happened to Cable in the future. So he comes back to the past, essentially to try and assassinate the the I person guess. who was responsible for it, like when they were a child. So like it's a take on that whole, if you could go back in time and murder Hitler, would you do it thing? Uh, yeah, but it's, like, it's, Dead, it's like Looper. Yeah, Deadpool essentially gets in the way of that because like he feels that uh, in order to like... I don't know how to say this without making spoilers and stuff. Like he, he essentially feels that like he needs to save the kid. Yeah, there's a better way of doing this. Yeah. Like, the, like the kid doesn't need to die. There is a there's a way around killing, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a- the, the the plot is like pretty much that. It's just like someone's trying to kill the kid. He's trying to save the kid. But like mm. the whole movie is just a vehicle for the humor. Like yeah. similar to the first one. Yeah. Uh, but like this time around, there are like a lot more jokes. I think, and a lot more of them land. Like there was barely any times where a joke happened and I didn't particularly like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple towards the end involving <coughs> one of the villains uh, where I didn't really care for it, but it didn't... You know, it wasn't like a, a criticism of the movie that things happened. I was just like, okay, that was kind of crap. They could have handled it better, but it didn't really matter because of everything else that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I would agree with I'm that. interested to find out what bit that is you're talking about. Yeah, we won't, we won't talk too much. Yeah, about. we'll talk, we'll talk after. Um, but yeah, but, so what did you think better than the... I, I thought it was a lot better than the first one. Uh, a lot of my issues, issue with the first one is the same as my issue with when certain people write Deadpool, is that there's always one line too many. Right, okay. Like every, every line and every joke comes out and then you get that extra wee follow-on line. and it just it, It's like watching a lot of late-season Family Guy. Where they just okay. take the joke that wee bit too far, mm-hmm. and I feel in the second one they really toned that back. Yeah, and the jokes were a lot more concise. Um, the pop culture referencing was was down, which I also yeah. thought was good. It was surprisingly uh, strange, like considering all the parallels between Josh Brolin's character, like Cable, and the Terminator. Like yeah. uh, when when he originally went back in time, I was expecting it to be like a total take a chunk out of vehicle. He's naked mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Effort, but like they didn't they didn't ever really do any Terminator yeah. references to him, even though he was primed for them. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's a couple of really good jokes uh, that involve uh, Ryan Reynolds' career, uh, and there's a couple ah. of cool jokes that uh, Ryan Reynolds throws at Cable. I mean, at one point he calls him One-Eyed Willie, which is a nice wee take on the Goonies, which Josh Brolin's in. Uh, and at one point yeah, he says, Easy th- like that I liked it, man. I thought, oh, yeah, cool, that's like, a I mean, Goonies that's, reference. Like, yeah, like, sorry, Neil, yeah, we totally I, cut you sorry, off. Sorry, man, like, yeah. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's just... 
but that just I think shows the difference between opinions. Is it you thought that was a funny line? I kind of cringed at it a wee bit. Okay. But it was it wasn't offensive, as if I would argue against you. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I, I really liked. Uh, I mean, like at, at points he was kind of unbearable, but like he was kind of supposed to be because he is that total kind of a kid who is striving for acceptance. Uh, but Russell. Like the character of Russell, I thought was really well done. Like mm-hmm. he was entertaining and like seemed to be having a good time of it. Like uh, especially like the kind of the fourth wall kind of breaks that he had. Like I mean, like in the the first movie, Deadpool is the only one who breaks the fourth wall. But mm-hmm. in this one, Russell also seemed to do it every now and again. Mm-hmm. Like you know when he mentions about like when was the last time you saw a plus size superhero and stuff like that. Like uh, mm-hmm. I thought he worked pretty well. I thought they did a good job of making his powers look cool as well. Yeah, I, um, the, uh, the 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 X Force gag I thought yeah. was very good as well. I, I I really liked what they did with that, mm-hmm. and I'm really actually really glad that they went in that direction. With yeah, it. it was really good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, like I, I fucking love Peter. I love him. Aye. I mm-hmm. he, he was really good. Like just yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not really much you can say about that though without ruining any <laughs> scene that he's in. Yeah, uh, but like he, Peter is the guy who shows up. Brent, Brent, he saw the poster, and uh, he doesn't have any powers. Mm. And, and like from that first trailer where he, that he's in, where like you know it cuts from him saying he doesn't have any powers to seeing him strapped to the parachute jumping out the plane. Yeah, but like part, even part even his force. the way he jumps out the plane is great because he's such mm. a fucking like just average dad way of doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I thought all the sporting cast were pretty good, mm-hmm. played their roles well. Uh, enjoyed like the the Negasonic Teenage Warhead stuff and the Yukio stuff. I thought yeah. they played off well against each other. I thought Warhead didn't really do anything in this one. Like, in yeah, this one she which had like, is, a lot of funny lines and stuff. Yeah, but she was just kind of there in this one. She was, yeah, she was kind of there, but she was there to kind of still show disdain. Yeah. And I felt that was that came across. Uh, the the CGI for Colossus and some of the other fantastical characters is still kind of shitty. But again, in a way where like it doesn't need to be good, like it, it serves the film. So yeah, yeah. I I don't really have any criticisms of it. I really enjoyed it. Like the yeah, action scenes are good. Really good. Yeah. The humor is good. Ryan Reynolds as that character is a perfect fit. Like mm-hmm. it really shows that he loves that character. Uh, all the kind of stuff where he takes a piss out of his own career, I thought was fucking. Ah, yeah, was loved stuff. loved all those jokes. But what I thought was quite funny is because there, there, there's a particular joke, and I was like, oh man. You've not even seen that film, have you? Which one? Uh, when you first, uh, when Ryan Reynolds was first Deadpool in X Men oh, yeah. Origins, uh, which yeah. is an awful film. Have you never seen Wolverine Origins? No, no, I've never watched. He it. doesn't need to. <laughs> well, lucky you. Yeah, that film <laughs> sucks. I kind of wanted those still. Like I, I don't know. Like like, what, there must be a name for that sort of thing. Where like, even though I know I won't like it, I still feel the need to watch it because I've done it with a few things, like a car crash. Yeah. I probably won't watch it though until I've finished with Agents of Shield. Oh, <laughs> it's like I, a fucking season two of Westworld to watch. Yeah. I've that's not finished yet. Yeah, 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 that's all done. yeah. Um there's not really much else to say about Deadpool too. If you're a fan of Deadpool, you will enjoy it. And even folk that have maybe not seen the first one coming into the second one, I'd still think they'd have a really good time yeah i i don't think you need to have seen the first one no. to enjoy that no. i think it's a well-rounded enough story 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys think we should do like a from this point on on spoilers? Like, I don't really, I don't. Other than like the, my, my criticism I mentioned earlier, like I wasn't wanting to do a spoiler for. I don't really have anything. I, I don't really have anything. I don't. I don't feel the need to spoil it. No, because no. I think because it's a film that we've all enjoyed, mm. and we've been able to kind of talk about things like the performances and stuff yeah. like that. I think you get a fair enough idea of. So this is really weird though, because like, I mean, this is as we said, like the biggest film of the week and stuff, and we have spent the least amount of time talking about it because this this always fascinates me with like a criticisms and reviews or whatever you want to call it. But like it's so much easier to rip a film to shreds than it is to talk about a film you like. Um, again, yeah, a film that you enjoy. But then say, say there's a film that you consider one of your favorite. Like see, see like Blade Runner. I I I could talk about that for four or five hours. Honestly, there's so much to talk about uh, about that film. I mean, obviously, it's not the same as Deadpool. Yeah. But I think the thing about Deadpool is oh, it's entertaining. It's very straightforward, and yeah, you will enjoy it. Um, when it comes to really badly done stuff, of course it's easier to do that. Yeah, and then you know there is saying? only real, there is only real, really one, maybe two, kind of storyline elements that you would be spoiling with Deadpool. Yeah, uh, I suppose like this. Alan Kerr also mentioned it on this uh, podcast years ago. Uh, but like when you're talking about comedies as well for review purposes, like it's really hard to talk about them without just going remember that joke, remember that joke kind of thing. Yeah, and you don't want yeah. that. Yeah. I remember years ago, like uh, when Scary Movie One came out, and everyone in school had seen it apart from me, and I hated it because all they talked about was every joke. So when I watched, I was like, "Every joke I'm expecting." Yep, there's that joke. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, was uh, like, I mean, it, what else can we talk about? Like the the pacing's good. Like there's no yep. point where it lulled. No point that no, I sit there and think I'm kind of ready for this film <laughs> to end. No, it's just it was uh, very well paced. Uh, just uh, just very really entertaining, good blockbuster. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a mm-hmm. solid it's a solid piece of summer blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah. it sets out a stall pretty early on. Uh, there's enough there's enough depth to the characters and the story that you don't feel any of the running time really. There's a couple of really weird uh, like references to Deadpool making him out to be Jesus. Like particularly near the start, there's like a yeah, uh, where he's been asleep for three days. Mm. Uh, but again, that's just part of the humour though, they, isn't it? They do a couple of those though. Like has Deadpool ever had like a I Jesus can... analogy thing? Or is that like them doing like a really subtle piss take of Superman? Like I think that's a really subtle piss take of Superman. Yeah. Um I think that'll do it. The only other thing I forgot to mention, um, <clears throat> also a bit sad this week, um, as Margot Kidder, um, our Lois Lane, she oh, passed yeah. away. So, again, that was... God, that felt like last week. I know, but it was... A lot of what we've done today feels like it should have been last week. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was that was sad news, but yeah. She so you, you guys, like, uh, on the Facebook page, were, like you and our mate Jason were talking about how like uh, she also was well known for like was it Black Christmas or something? Yeah, Black, Black Christmas and Amityville Horror. Uh, there's another couple. Like her kind of early careers, there's um, it's kind of horror films, like genre movies. Yeah. But a lot of you find a lot of actors are like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of their early films are horror movies. Yeah, Jamie Lee Just Curtis. They're, they're easy to get cast in. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about? No, that's I think that'll, that'll do us for this week. So something I think we should start doing as well is uh, encouraging people to try and get in touch with us. So if you've got... I did have a question about this, which I was going to talk to you about. Okay, go for it. Oh, no, 
Is this for? <laughs> is this for after the show? Yeah, it's an after the show. Uh, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about on the show, if you've got any questions for us, like uh, if you want to shout out, like uh, get in touch through the Twitter account, which is Raptors Podcast. At Raptors Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you want to reach me specifically, then you can do so at Paco RUK. Um, I uh, am uh, at Vast Destruction. And what are you, what's your Twitter handle, Neil? Scorch808. At Scorch808. There you go. Um, uh, I'm also part of a gaming podcast called The Monster Closet. Uh, I believe the Twitter handle for that is Monster Closet PC. Hmm. Uh, you can find that like on any of your podcast apps if you so wish to listen to it. Um, um, you can also get in touch on Facebook. There's been a lot of really cool feedback. Neil's been doing a like uh, music of the movies uh, kind of section just now, and, and a lot of comments on yeah, that. Can I just say like? I realise like we've technically wrapped up the show and stuff here, and this might be like better suited to off the air airing of grievances. But how annoying is Facebook? Like a uh, we have like two hundred odd like a uh, people like signed up to well, the, like the Raptors Facebook mm-hmm. account thing, right? Mm. And uh, I I posted a thing about a uh, laughter tracks. Like uh, from the ninety nine percent invisible podcast thing that I was talking about the last time we recorded, right? And uh, after four or five hours, it said four people had seen it. Yeah, I was like, well, how have only four? Like, why are why is yeah. Facebook just choosing not to show that post? So then I even commented in it and wrote bump, thinking it would get some more exposure. It still only has seven people have seen the post. <laughs> like, what is that? And it's the same with your your a uh, like movie, music of the movie yeah. stuff. Like when you look at how many people have seen it, it's such a tiny amount compared to how many people follow the page. Like, do, does it count it? Like, does Facebook count as you're scrolling down your timeline and you see it? Does that count as somebody seeing it, or do they only count it if somebody is then clicked into it? I think it's if you see it. All right. Okay. Because the actual podcast <laughs> itself, which to be fair, we do pin them and we share them a lot more and stuff. But like, mm. uh, those ones get up to like well over a thousand people haven't seen it. Right. Uh, but yeah, like the it just really annoyed me. That it was like this is an actual interesting thing, and yeah. uh, no one like Facebook's just decided no one gets to see it. So like, if you go to the Raptors page, there is a link there to a podcast called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, which is all about design. And this one in particular is about the laughter track and how like why it came about, why it was important at the time. Like a why it was like so ubiquitous and then fell out of favor. Why it fell out of favor, and then it has like a big interview with Joshua Molina from the West Wing and Sports Night, uh, where they kind of talk about how Sports Night was like a weird hybrid thing where a uh, that they Aaron Sorkin tried to get the network to make that show without a laughter track, but the network were so set in having it. And like it was all about him trying to get rid of it over the course of time. Mm. Uh, it's really the whole thing is really interesting. It's completely relevant to what we do in Raptors in the Kitchen. It's worth a listen, but Facebook apparently thinks that you don't want to see it. Is that because so, we don't pay Facebook the dollar dollar? It's, it's that also annoys me. Like, uh, yeah, it's like we could just show this to people, but we're not gonna because we fucking want money off you. Like I, I've got another off-air question that I'll speak to you about. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up then uh, for this week, guys. So, thanks, thanks again, Neil Boy. No problem. Watch um, Jaws. 
There's my weekly Jaws reference. So, like, next week, I suppose we should say he's probably going to be talking about Solo. uh, Solo. A Star Wars film. Um, That three out of five movie, which it guaranteed will be. Yeah, apparently, (laughs) uh, yeah, mixed reviews, uh, uneven but fun. That's what what they're saying. I was like, yep, that sounds like a long hour film. Okay, well, anyway, we'll be doing that next week, so that'll do us for this week. Raps in the kitchen.